I yearn for him. And if he appears, I bow my head in humbleness to his majesty, not from fear, but from reverence of his beauty. CD from the path of yearning to taste the love. Assalamu alaikum, welcome, greetings everyone. My name is Sakib, your host on the Hikma Project podcast, and today we'll be speaking to Jamila Davies. Uh, Jamila has uh, been embarking on the Shadli Sufi school and has been practicing the art of healing in that school, uh, in which she's been um, developing writing as a spiritual discipline as part of a spiritual ministry project i had a taste of the work she does and i found it to be quite profound it was more than just simply self-reflection and sharing there was something quite deep going on and um, she tells us more about that in the podcast prior to that she was a teacher in the vedic tradition and practiced uh, deep inner silence and was a teacher in that tradition as well so she helped lots of people uh, journey to that deep place of inner silence and then at some point she found uh, the Shandaliya Sufi path uh, taught by Sidi Muhammad Jama. So she'll be running a writing from the heart course which begins on the 14th of November over six sessions every week uh, till the 19th of December um, at 5.30 p.m. UK time and there are two hours um, each session and uh, the places are limited to 10 participants so there's more details on that on the website um, so if you're interested to get in touch and do sign up ASAP so before I play the interview with her um, just a few updates uh, there are also two new courses starting in November one on um, Quranic Arabic a beginners course on Quranic Arabic with application to mystical texts and that's with Dr. Hani Ibrahim. And uh, the other course, also on the same day, is on the Fasus al-Hikam with Dr. Hani Ibrahim, in which we have a line-by-line line reading of Ibn Arabi's Fasus with some classical commentaries uh, with uh, Dr. Hani Ibrahim. And we take a discussion-based pedagogy or approach to working through and reading the Fasus. So do support the Hikma project, uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you for all the new subscribers. Um, or even if you just want to join as a free member to get updates, do so. follow us on social media as well. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, as well as all the major podcasting platforms. So without further ado, here's a podcast. Welcome to the Hikma project podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. So if we can just begin by getting to know a bit more about yourself, could you tell our listeners more about, uh, well, firstly, your you being a teacher in the Vedic tradition and entering this deep silence and, and teaching people how to access that silence. How did you come about? How did you enter that tradition and what was all that about? Um, I think it was dumb luck how I entered it. It's uh, 
that was the 1960s and there was all kinds of heyday stuff going on and um the beatles took hand with maharishi and so of course that was like the big uh denouement everyone oh well let's all go do that then um that was sort of, that wasn't the the entire um mode uh reason for stepping in it had more to do with what was going on in my life at the time which was uh um i was divorced with two young children and one of my little kids was very very sick and so i was um going to school and trying to work and raise two kids and the stress of that um when i uh, heard about tm and dropping into the silence and letting go of stress i thought okay that's for me so i um i took a course i lived in sacramento at the time and i took a course there and learned the technique and was surprised with the very first experience of how deep i went just from 0 to 60 boom i was in the silence so i i went okay that's good and so i continued to practice the technique for a number of years and then marishi started offering courses advanced trainings and teacher training and so i went to a introductory teacher training session in california um and began to learn the technique as as a teacher and then um after that one month course my girlfriend said she would stay home and watch my kids while i went to spain for 3 months and i i was floored that anyone would take care of my kids for three months but i said why don't we all go to spain and that's what we did so we all went to spain together and i studied to become a teacher of tm and then from that course i went to anchorage alaska which is where we had job offers and i started teaching and um that was like the beginning of the process and uh, as i taught people to experience the transcendent my experience of it became deeper and deeper and i continued to go to advanced courses etc and then um there was something um uh, i i don't remember the change but there was a shift at one point when i realized that i had been doing this for quite some time and i felt like i had come to like this is it this is as far as i'm going and and uh what i was experiencing was deep and inner quiet but i i just didn't I mean, and it was affecting my day to day so i was grateful for that but i just felt like there needs to be more and i didn't know what the more was and i didn't know why i felt there needed to be more so um often when people ask me about my life and how i got where i am or you know what brought me to this point i often answer that it's god's tractor beam it's like god is reeling me in piece by piece piece by piece and that i had reached a point in my in my growth that it was time for the next step so um that's how it feels to me is that he wants us for himself that's the reason we're here And so when it got to a point that the TM wasn't giving me that deeper intimate connection with God that I find in Sufism I thought okay 
I mean, it's not even so much that I thought. I just met somebody who said, oh, there's the Sufi Sheikh teaching about Sufism. You should come and hear him. And so I tried several times and, you know, things didn't line up. But then finally I came, I, I met Salima Edelstein, who is the here at the Farm of Peace. And we attended, my husband and I attended a course that was being offered in Frederick. And um, the teacher was really great. His name is Jeff Bronner. And he just, he came across with so much love and openness that I just went, okay, well, this is it. This is the next step. So we took hand at that point. And then, um, as fate would have it, there were opportunities to take teacher training courses <laughs> as a Sufi to learn more about the technique and to become a teacher. And um, and it was in that process, I, I was studying at the Sufi University and I had completed three years, which at that time was how much was offered, three-year program. And then I... Um, uh, Salima offered a ministry uh, master's in sp a spiritual ministry. And I went, okay, I, I think I need to do that. And it was in the context of the spiritual ministry program when I was trying to come up with a practicum for my graduation that I received a tremendous download <laughs> direct from the source. <laughs> you know, this is it. And at the time, I mean, it just was thrilling because finally I knew what I was going to do for my practicum. But at, I didn't realize, I mean, I, I realize now, but at the time it was so profound and so intense, I should have known that there was much more to it than just completing my practicum. But um, as it has turned out, it has become a practice of giving love and sharing love and helping people open to their own deep inner wisdom and the love they carry inside it's just been a tremendous gift amazing so before we go into the program uh and the practicum could you maybe just say a bit more about what the or how the sufi path addressed your inner sort of yearning of that deeper connection and how was it when you met Sidi and how yeah. was it to be in a relationship with him? Okay. Um, interesting. There's several things there that, first of all, how this practice has deepened my walking or deepened my connection or my awareness of God is a uh, night and day. It's like before I knew about God and I prayed to him and I was aware in the silence of the potential of his nearness, but I hadn't come face to face. And what the Sufi path has made possible is that experience of the divine within with such intimacy and nearness that you no longer exist and only he is. And that's the gift of the Sufism. That's the gift of this walking. And um, 
it has amazing practical applications, I must say. You can get yourself out of your nafs faster than a speeding bullet. <laughs> when you know where to go with it, you, it's like, here's the program. Start here and go here and go here and go here and done. And it's like once you learn how immediately accessible the divine is in your life, you don't waste any time arguing on the surface and, you know, fussing with, oh, he said, and then she said, and oh, did you see what she did? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, all of that stuff is still there. It's still a very interesting, intimate part of our experience. And yet we now know how not to stay in it. So in terms of the um, practicum, the writing from the heart, could you tell us more about what that involves and is it more than just simply self-reflection is it you mentioned self-discovery oh, yeah. and healing how what was this download and and how did it manifest um, well you have to realize i've been doing this practice of writing from the heart since 2007 since i graduated from the university and as i've continued to do it of course the changes continue. There's, it's like when I first started, it was sort of like a way to get people together and we would all sit together. It was sort of like a nervous action activity. But um, it came from, I have to say, it came from years of writing. I had started journaling in my 20s or early 30s. And the reason I started writing is that I couldn't make sense of what was going on in my mind. There was so much mental activity that I couldn't get to, to what it was. Why was I upset? What was going on? And so I uh, started writing in my journal. And, and for years, I've been writing in journals. And I've studied writing. I've taken courses. I've read every journal writing book I could get my hands on. So I really had a sense of what writing could do. And then uh, the, this episode of download, um, I had been working on my practicum, working with a woman in Arturica, and uh, we were having trouble getting, it was like we, the, the wheels kept spinning, but we didn't get any traction. And I couldn't figure out why. And um, there were several steps that I had taken up to that point. And one of them was to buy her a journal and say, write down what we've talked about after uh, the fact. You know, after we meet, write down your thoughts, and then we can discuss them. And um, she just was so busy with a young child and a husband in her own life that that didn't ever happen. And so finally, in one uh, check-in with my mentor, who was Salima Edelstein, I said, I don't know what to do. And she says, well, why don't you write while you're together? And I'm telling you, Zakib, it was as if the heavens opened. It was just like this huge sense of joy and elation that I still, to this day, when I think of it, I can feel. It was like I was lifted up out of my being into a higher realm, and I was told, this is what you need to do, write with them. And so it was just like, wow, what a difference. 
<laughs> I can still see the light, but it was it was like a flood of light that came down. So, like I said, at the time, it was just, oh, goody, I finally have a practicum I can do. But it's in the t- time sense. I see that it is a much deeper transmission that uh, that came through. And as we continue, as I continue to work with people and open the practice, I see there's such, there's just an unfolding that continues and continues. And the heart continues to open and the soul continues to open. And the connection with the other being is always just so much richer. Uh, We experienced that when you and I wrote together. When you read to me what you wrote, my heart just surrendered to what you were saying. And then when I read to you what I wrote, your heart drank so deeply from that. And that's what happens when we sit together and write together, is we open doors for each other. We allow each other to really experience that deep transcendent beauty that's always there, just on the other side. (laughs) I was going to ask you about that, because I, when we had a session together, Mm. my initial, um, shall we say, expectation was it would be a self-reflection sort of thing in terms of reflective writing. But I felt that it was much, much deeper. And just just as you have uh, waves on the surface of a sea and then you've got these undercurrents, yeah, yeah. These undercurrents came through um, later that night and in the morning and probably for the next couple of days. There was a deep level of transmission. Um, and um, also, I felt there was something around consciousness, the collective consciousness, which you were tapping into, and how when somebody shares what they need to say sometimes it's exactly what the other person has to listen to and somehow you held that space that line something happened i don't know how to put it into words but there was some element of synchronicity and in the way i felt you held our session there was almost a precision of when to start and stop and it was just beautiful it was a deep level of synchronicity and harmony. That's what I picked up. You know, God knows best, but I was quite moved by it, you know. So what was going on? <laughs> I think you just described what was going on. <laughs> Is that uh, uh, I honestly, I open my heart and my soul and I speak from that. That's all I do. So whatever Allah does with that, that's a lot. And I feel like the the sense of synchronicity and connection, when you go to that deepest level within yourself, you are connected with everything and everyone. There is no other. We always see it as someone else, but it's it's there's just this one exquisite being. And we get to connect through our deep inner practice with that. 
And that's what the discovery of the writing has been for me, is that at first it was about just getting people to write and talk to each other and hear each other. And, da, da, da. and at first it really was more or less superficial. But as the practice developed and the opening continued, and particularly it, because it's a group practice, I began to see the phenomenal exchanges that were happening with people. I had a class where I just had two two students, and they were here for a three-day weekend, and I taught them all, all three days. And I'm riding along doing what I do, but they were in sync in a way that I hadn't seen before. And it was like Allah put them here, put them here together, and put them in this class in order for them to get, do this amazing interaction. It was like I was just there as, um, uh, what do you call it, fodder. <laughs> they were doing the. But I do believe that the fact that I was there and set up the circumstance with which they were able to then really deeply connect with each other, that, that was how that came about. So I'm not, you know, I'm grateful that Allah has given me this opportunity to, to do this. And yet it's... <laughs> quite sure it's god doing it <laughs> mm. yeah. on that note you know i i'm aware that city would ask his student to copy out chapters from his book something like the stations yeah. of the nafs and heart and it's a practice that still continued yeah. could you say something about that yeah. it was it on a conceptual level was there something deeper is there a transmission What's the, it's what's all that? of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all of that. I, I mean, I, I'm i reading, um, I'm going to read you something that I have in my notes from uh, earlier. This is from uh, Maktoub by Paulo Coelho. The master says, write, whether it's a letter, a diary, or just some notes as you speak on the telephone, but write. In writing, we come closer to God and to others. If you want to understand your role in the world better, write. Try to put your soul in writing, even if no one reads your words. Or worse, even if someone winds up reading what you did not want to be read. The simple fact of writing helps us to organize our thoughts and see more clearly what is in our surroundings. A paper and pen perform miracles. They alleviate pain, make dreams come true, and summon lost hope. The word has power. Um, and that's just one example of the ways in which writing has such a spiritual impact. And C.D. knows that, knew that. And when he had us write his books, it wasn't just an exercise in writing. When I write C.D.'s books, before I know it, it's C.D. writing. That's what's happening. I'm tuned into his spirit. I'm tuned into his heart, his soul, <laughs> you know. And so then the words, instead of just being the sentences in the book, I don't like reading. I've never liked reading. I'm dyslexic. And so reading to me has always been a torture. But when C.D. said, write my books, I thought, okay, that's, that's something I can do. And in the writing, I discovered that when I write, CD's book, I'm in 
I'm in his stream. And being in his stream brings me the awareness, the liveliness of what it is he's bringing to the world, what he is bringing to me and my consciousness. I actually am right there in that stream with him. I'm not making it up. It's not coming from me, Get, mind you. I am simply, I have the gift of being able to be in it with him. So that to me has been, um, I mean, for years, I mean, I would write CD's books and I would be chomping at the bit like, why do I have to do this? Why? But gradually, <laughs> it became clear. It's just so I can be with that spirit, that wisdom. Beautiful. And something of the same happens when we write together. Mm. We share in a fundamental, that fundamental oneness. And is there, could you say something more about the healing? Uh, is there, there's always self discovery and witnessing um, the beloved in the manifestations of imminence and transcendence. Well, you know, go ahead. Sorry. And, yeah. And are there maybe examples of um, students who've come and joined your class where they've where they've experienced deep levels of healing as well? Um, I think, la la. So you started out by saying, where does the, you know, how does the healing work? And um, it's on the levels, uh, a level of the naps to begin with. Because when we write together, we read together. So like, the other day, you and I did some writing, and then we shared with each other what we wrote. And it's in the reading, first of all, that you might actually, for the first time, hear what it is that's been in your mind and in your heart. And often, when people read aloud, the emotion associated with what they've written shows up. I mean, they can write it on the page, no big deal. Then they read it, and all of a sudden they're choking up and they, they can't get the words out because they didn't know that what they were writing was a deep, intimate knowing. And so it just like brings it up for them. So that's the reading part. That's part of the healing. But the other part is... Um, <laughs> he was a hidden treasure that longed to be known. Each of us is. We each are a hidden treasure and we long to be known. And so when you find yourself writing with people and speaking out your truth from what you've written and finding people responding to that in ways that you are unexpected, it's the most healing because you long to be known. You want to be heard. Every little kid, mommy, 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 you know, you want to be heard. You want to be paid attention to. You want to be known. Why would that be any different? You know, that's what Allah is asking. And so to have have your words spoken aloud and to be heard by others is very deeply healing. And actually being able to access, access those deeper levels very intimately, deeply healing. So I think it's just, it's a matter of, it just, it's a part of the program. It's part of the package. 
as you open your heart and you open your mind and you open your soul and you share with others, they open theirs. And then there's that wonderful experience of the oneness, the unity that comes just by that sharing, just by sitting in that circle, witnessing the beauty and the light and the love of all the others, as well as yourself being witnessed. So, you know, there's levels of that. I mean, uh, our writing circles don't necessarily bring us to the car, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a practice. Mm. It's a practice for opening. And Jamila, could you say, uh, or would you like to say something about what um, the circles might look like for those who are interested in joining, or would you? Is that a surprise for whatever unfolds in the moment? Well, the circles would be uh, we would do it on Zoom like this. I'm assuming, and um, we can't have a large group. So it's not, on Zoom, it's hard to do more than, I think, 10. I have set a limit at 10. Yeah. Because um, there needs to be time to share. And so that's the other thing, the length of the, of the, of the class. If it's an hour and a half, 10 is max. If it's an all-day session, we can have more. <laughs> mm. I'm not actually signing on for that. Um. <laughs> But so for let's if it's an hour and a half or if it's an hour, then we probably need to keep it to a little less because there needs to be time for each person to have the experience of writing and then reading and feel the connection with others as they write and read. It just it's it takes it takes a village. You'd have to all be a part of it. It doesn't just happen magically because one person does it. And um And I've had people come to me and just in their various ways say, I would never have known that about myself. I'm so grateful. Thank you for helping me see the way in which I X, 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 you know, or what it is I needed to open in order to forgive this person. Or, you know, it's like, I didn't never, I didn't know that it was because of this that I was mad at that, you know, Mm. So it's um, we need people need time to discover those things in a session. So we would probably get hour. It would be only be eight people in the class. We we do a couple sessions of writing, and in between we do the reading, and we would see how how that goes. There may be some feedback somebody needs or some, but then we'll just stay with that flow. We'll write together. We'll read together. We always begin with the fatiha. Um. And if somebody is not a Muslim or not a Sufi and they want to know, I can read this Fatiha in English so they understand the beauty of the prayer as we pray it. And then we do the remembrance. We drop inside saying the name of God to ourselves. And I always ask people to bring bring in the name that brings them that deepest sense of connection with God. Because I'm not going to tell some Christian they can't say Jesus because to them, that's the name. So say the name. I might suggest they say it in Arabic because it has a softer a ring to it. But that's we just use the name that brings us to that most intimate experience of God within. 
and then we write, and then we read, and then we do it again. <laughs> mm -hmm. Can I ask who is your favorite author? Who your writer? Who 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 uh, stirs your soul? Um, well, the woman that started me on this trick was Anais Nin. That was way back, and um, and I've had Stephen King is on my list. Uh, I've done some really deep work with. Um, oh, now I can show you my age. I can't remember her name. Uh, it, it's called uh, the Art and Practice of Spiritual Memoir. And um, I can't tell you her name. I have to get the book. Elizabeth Jarrett Andrew. Uh, her her book is about uh, writing, you know, how to write a memoir. And she's been my mentor for that for a number of years. But I, I don't really have, I have a lot of people I've read that have to do with writing and writing practice. But Anais Nin, I think she was the beginning. And there's a, a Journal of a Solitude by Sartan. Um, oh, gosh, there's so many. Flat Rock Journal is another one. And I can't tell the authors because I can't see them. Circle of Stones is another. I mean, there's just these wonderful books, wonderful books that give you that taste of what it, it's it's. It's a form of art. Writing is an art form. And of course, we lose sight of that because we have to write for our work and we have to type on computers and oh my God. And you lose sight that this is, but what's behind it is this rich, deep, uh, delicious quality that brings life to the soul, life to the heart and enlivens your awareness of what is really beautiful. What about spiritual uh, poetry, Sufi poetry? There's a long tradition. Yeah. Uh, the Persians are brilliant at it. Rumi, Hafiz, Sadi, and Siri have... himself wrote poetry. So do you have poets sometimes coming in? And uh... Well, um, did you meet, um, you met Hawa? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. I've had poets come in, <laughs> and she is among them. And... Uh, and I do read, I have read poets, and I, I mean, I've read Hafez, and I read Rumi, and every time I turn around, there's, I find another expression of it. There's some poems that just came across my desk the other day, Sufi poems, Sufi, and I can't bring it up right now, but yes, the thing that I noticed in writing a lot of times, some people have a technique, have a gift that when they write, it comes out in poetry. It's just the way they write. Our Imam Abdul Karim, he, when he would write with me, it always was poetry. It was just gorgeous. And other people just, you know, like um, when Helwa writes, her writing is so expressive, so deeply rich and delicious. It's, it's almost like poetry. And then she does write it. So, <laughs> mm. yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I want to read you a quote by Mary Oliver, one of yes. my favorite poets and writers. It's just a brief quote. I read 
the way a person might swim to save his or her life. I wrote that way too. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I read the way a person might swim to save his life. And I write that way. Too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the writing for me in the very beginning was a lifesaver. I had, I mean, it gave me a place to put on paper all the anxiety and angst and, you know, in my early journals. It, it was just a lifesaver. And then gradually it became a tool for self-knowledge and then self-expression and self-knowing, self-transcendent. Jamila, just on that note, um, we often hear people, the great sages of the Islamic tradition, like Ibn al-Arabi, mm. who says he never wrote anything from himself. I think his level of inspiration was so deep that everything he says was given to him. He's simply yeah. transcribing. And Rumi, before meeting Shams, was a Gnostic scholar and it suddenly suddenly something opened and these yeah. verses just poured out. So how how do you understand somebody like Ibn Arabi who's who says he you know he met this mute youth at the Kaaba and the whole Futuhat was given to him uh and the Fasus was given all he's doing is just he's the middle man. He's just transcribing right. what has come through. That, do you have like is that an experience you can relate to? Does that? Yeah, it is. But more than that, I think of what CD has been teaching us from the beginning, which is we have were meant to become the hands and the eyes and the feet and the tongue of God. You know, we are meant to become that expression, and to the extent that we can. So, what happened as you? clear away the detritus of self, <laughs> there's more and more room for that pure, beautiful expression to come through. And I get it now and then. You heard it the other day. There it was. Bam. But like you said, do I always, do you always write like that? No. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm going, why did she say that to me? You know, I get caught in the outer conflicts or the outer beliefs or the outer nonsense. But if I start writing from there and I'm using this technique, I go past it really fast. And sometimes I'm simply speaking what I'm told. And that's it. It's coming through me and I know, I know <laughs> that I'm the transcriber. On that note, Jamila, I think you've, I just feel like falling silent. As Rumi says, the, you know, my pen has stopped writing and I'm going to become silent now. So, alhamdulillah, I don't have anything else to ask other than to sit in your presence in silence. So, I'd just like to thank you and um, inshallah, really look forward to this course and this this experience of writing with you. Alhamdulillah. I'm looking forward to it too. Thank you, beloved. This has been a pleasure. I was so nervous and it wasn't hard at all. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> any last words to anyone who's listening and is interested in joining? Yes, uh, don't be afraid of it. 
don't be afraid to try it. It's, it's, it's as simple as sitting down with an empty piece of paper and writing a grocery list. I mean, it's that simple. It doesn't require any major skill or any history of writing. All it requires is a pen and a paper and a, a willingness to say a prayer of, of opening, uh, a willingness to open to the inspiration that's there. And you don't, don't have to read out if you don't want to. This is I always give people that option because some people are really shy. But let me tell you, reading aloud is where nine, I'd say at least 50 to 60% of the impact of the writing comes through. Because not only do you discover your own connection to the words, you discover other people's connection to your words. Like something I write might be the very thing that Saqib needs to hear. And the same thing, this, what you write is exactly what my heart's needing to hear. And so we give each other uh, in that process of sharing, healing. Alhamdulillah, thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.